0: inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo, Jim O'Day, and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome, one and all. Great to be here, David. David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get out their Bibles. Turn to John chapter 18, verses 33 through 37. We're going to break open the bread of life and see how Jesus wants to speak to us today. But Rob, before we do that, do you want to invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life?
2: I would love to. And, and, and to lead into our prayer, I just want to um, just invite everyone to pray for the gift of the present moment. And there's uh, a, a beautiful prayer, I guess we can call it... Uh, on, on our Stewardship of Prayer booklet, it's, uh, it says, The past is in God's mercy. To go there only causes despair. The future is in God's providence. To go there causes you to play God. The present is God's gift to be lived in love. So with that, let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Dear God, thank you for this moment. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your your protection, your kindness. Thank you for the gift of your word. And in this moment... When we gather here and all of our listeners where they are, as we gather together as brothers and sisters, we ask you, Lord, please to open our hearts. Open our hearts to receive your, your love. Please, Lord, send the Holy Spirit, the spirit of, of love and wisdom and knowledge and understanding so we can truly, uh, so, we can, so we can understand your word and more importantly, that we can have the courage to live your word, that we can stand In the gap that we can stand when when the world around us is is uh is is, is crumbling apart when our when our family and friends need us that we can stand we can stand for your love and your truth so thank you lord and we pray uh, through the intercession of our lady in a special way uh, for uh, for all of us here for our families and for all those listenings, we pray together. Hail Mary. Amen. Full, Full grace. of grace, the Lord, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou, among women,
3: and, and blessed, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mother of God, of God. Pray, pray for us sinners, now and at the now, hour of the hour our death. death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and Holy, Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. 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 Awesome. And uh, Jim, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today?
4: Sure, David. Thank you. Pilate said to Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own, or have others told you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, Then you are a king? Jesus answered, You say I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise
3: to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
2: I, I received a really cool gift, and this last line makes me uh, made me think of it. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. I've been really challenged lately on, on some things that I've been reading, and and it's people people I've been talking to just uh, about prayer, my prayer life, and and um, you know we're in full time ministry, and how we could fall into the trap of just working and doing and activity and and action <laughs> action. Uh, and if and God needs that, the kingdom needs that, he needs us to participate. But if it's done without prayer first, then it's not It's just not going to be fruitful. Um, so I've been really challenged lately on that. And then this last line, everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Um, you know, Who does most of the talking, I'm asking myself during my prayer time, right? Because if I'm doing all the talking, then that's not good. So then just this past week, we had uh, one of our teammates, uh, Chris was in town, and she said in prayer... God you know told her to, to give me this this book and it's called Divine Intimacy and it's uh, follows the, the liturgical calendar and it's daily prayers and reflections uh, on on helping you uh, with, with contemplative uh, meditative prayer uh, every day of your life. So it's just awesome that, that God was placing that on my heart. I was reading things, I was feeling convicted but also feeling like I needed something to help me. In, in that. And then here God uses Chris to, um, to, to give me some, to help. So it's awesome.
1: I love the first part of this. Pilate said to Jesus, are you the King of the Jews? And listen how Jesus answered, because this is a question for each and every one of us. Do you say this on your own or have others told you about me? That's a great question to reflect on because have you just heard a lot about Jesus? Have you heard He's your King? Have you heard He's the Lord and Savior? Have you heard these things from others or do you truly own them? Is Jesus Christ my King? Does He sit on the throne of my heart? Is everything that I do every day For that eternal kingdom, which is my home, because it's my king's home, is that what I do? Do I look at the eternal, or am I in the world, of the world, and doing things for worldly gratification, worldly wealth, worldly notoriety? So, man, it just really challenged me, you know, is Jesus my king? Does he sit on a throne of my heart? And then you tie that into the the bottom line— everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. But there's a difference between listening and hearing. And I think the difference is the word obedience, because elsewhere in the scripture it says, remain in my love. This is God speaking to us. Remain in my love. And how do we do that? By being obedient to my commandments. And for me, That obedience to my commandments are also obedience to Holy Mother Church, the church that Christ established. It says in the Bible that the church is the bulwark and foundation of truth. Of truth. So it's not about my opinion of what the Bible teaches me. I want to go to Holy Mother Church and I want to learn the truth, and then I want to be obedient to that truth. Not my opinion, but my obedience. So again, this everyone who belongs to the truth, I belong to Jesus Christ. He is my King. And He does sit on the throne of my heart. And that's a daily choice. It's a daily choice. It's a moment by moment as things come at us. Do I purely reflect Christ or don't I? And if I don't, do I need to go to confession? Is there a Toxin within me, unforgiveness, you know, um, other things that are in me, envy, pride, jealousy, that perhaps needs to be confessed and I need to be set free of. That's what I I see.
3: I uh, have taken over the last few months of looking at uh, when we look at the Gospels and and, uh, uh, stewardship of leadership meetings— uh, sometimes out at the schools uh, to really pay attention to Jesus's words because they have um, a depth to them that I some I sometimes think those of us who have listened to the gospels you know in the scriptures over and over again at mass uh, year after year you know since we've been you know young children sometimes get you know kind of insensitive to that so and jesus says do you say this on your own or have others told you know told you about me um in in addition to to the idea that you presented david is uh, you know it am i am i drawing my uh conviction about jesus directly from him or am i getting it from other people but i think too that there's you know there's several other ways to kind of look at that because if he if you're talking to Pilate, you know He's kind of trying to evoke a response from Pilate in terms of, is this something that you've kind of come to on your own? You've come to a conclusion, a conviction about this. Are you asking from yourself, or is this just because I've been drugged here by the high priests and you know, and I'm on trial? You know, are you are you really, do you really want to understand what's going on here, type of thing? But then, other the other one, too. I think uh, where he says everyone who belongs to the truth, and I know you know from the fruit of contemplation. Sometimes is to read the same things over and over again. Sometimes the simplest Catholic truths or scripture, you know, scripture passages, and have a deeper meaning to them. And when I read that belonging to the truth just kind of captures me in a in a different way you know and and yes you had pointed out earlier in the week rob about you know the truth is not just a thing it's a person so do i belong to that person do i belong to the truth but i've always thought of the truth as something that i can learn and gain and possess like now i know the truth now i've got the truth but that's not the way jesus says it he says everyone who belongs to the truth. So his concept of truth is something that we need to go out to, not something that we gather in and, be, and you know, we own. It's part of what we are. And the last one that really hit me again is you say I am a king. You know, that – and yes, we, when you read that over and over again, you say, well, he's just confirming what, you know, what Pilate said. But I think there's a depth to that because – He's not a king unless I say he's a king in my life. And does That's he sit right. on the throne of my heart? Is he, is he the king of my life? Do I, do I say he's a king? Do I say that with conviction? Do I believe it? Is it something that is part of my life? Or is it just something that, you know, well, you say I'm a king, but do you really treat me like a king? Do you really think of me as a king? Um, do I really sit on the throne of your heart as a king in your life? Uh, so, you know, there's, again, there's a depth to those passages, those quotes from Jesus that I think we sometimes get immune to being, a, you know, having heard them over and over again.
1: And I love it. Pilate continues. and <laughs> Listen to Pilate's next statement. You know, Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? But I changed the words a little bit. and I put down, I am a Christian, Christian, aren't I? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't have to tell anyone I'm a Christian. Why? Because I'm known by what? By my love. We as Christians don't need to tell people we're Christians. It is spoken through our actions and our actions are works of love, which God has prepared in advance for each and every one of us to do. And those works are works of love. Love is unconditional. So for me, I want to make sure every day of my life I'm clean, I'm set free from sin through the, through the gift of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross through going to go on a confession so that I can be that vessel of God's love. That people know me through the love and that love is expressed in actions, in actions. And Jesus shows us that very clearly. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit the sick, visit the prisoner, care for the sick. You know, it's all there. Do I do that? Give shelter, works of love.
4: You know, David, it's, it's interesting the question you asked because um, a couple times throughout the liturgical year we get to read this or a similar passage in one of the other Gospels when Jesus is confronting Pilate. And I've always kind of read it as a narrative. And it's a little story of a conversation between two people. I've done that for almost 50 years now, read it that way, until just now. And I read it asking me, this passage is asking me, am I a Christian? Do people know I'm a citizen of the heavenly kingdom, not the kingdom of this world? Do the things I do and say and how I behave and how I treat others let people know that my focus is on Jesus's kingdom, not my own kingdom? And unfortunately, I would probably have to answer in most cases, no. I don't do that. Um, I'm a work in progress like everybody else, but really feel very, very convicted that, you know, this is something we have to work on minute by minute, encounter by encounter, instance by instance, um, to keep our focus on the kingdom that's important and the kingdom that's eternal.
2: This week I was reading one of the the works from Anne, a lay apostle from Direction for Our Times, and uh and she received the gift of Jesus speaking to her heart and the Blessed Mother and, and different saints. And, and one of the things that just really just jumped out of my heart, because uh, you know sometimes we can get overwhelmed with all the stuff that needs to get done or all the craziness in the world and we want to change everything. And in one of the messages Jesus said to her, which is to us through her, that uh, Jesus says, think small in terms of acts of kindness. Think big in terms of my ability to change the world. Yep. Right? So I think we get that. We want to change the world, and we think we have to go out and, like, solve everything. But Jesus has it, right? He just needs us to cooperate in that next encounter with someone. He needs us to cooperate responding to that prompting of the Holy Spirit to go visit someone, Mm -hmm. to pick up the phone and call someone, to forgive someone. So think small in terms of, of our acts of kindness. Do the next one. Do the next one instead of waiting to, you know, to, take, do to, of them. to end world hunger feed someone, that next one. Think small in terms of, and then the grace that's released from those little acts of kindness is what's going to give, you know, unleash grace to the world for the conversion of hearts. And then that's, that's what it's all about, right? And all hearts coming back to our Lord. Um, so think small in terms of acts of kindness. Think big in terms of Jesus's ability to change the world. Amen. That's
1: beautiful, Rob. And this whole thing about, you know, it says, you know, but my kingdom is not here. And that statement in and of itself helped helped bring me to the reality, I own nothing. Everything I have is a gift from God to be used to help others. How am I a steward of that gift, a caretaker. God's entrusted me with the gift of his daughter, who's my wife, with the gift of his children, who are my children also, the gift of the property, the gift of the company, everything. It's not mine. It's his. I love that. I love that. I read the article on paper of King Tut and all his treasures and how they were going passing through uh, Philadelphia. His whole tomb was exposed all the all the things they got out of that. And I thought, See, he thought he was a king, going to take it all with him. He took nothing with him. Nothing. The only thing we get to take with us to heaven is love. I love that in the movie Ghost, where he turns around and he's getting and the lights there and he's going to go to heaven. And he, gets, and, he, and he turns to Demi Moore, who plays the character, and says, you get to take it with you. And what was that you get to take? The love. That's it. That's it. Love remains faith open charity love remains
3: there's a there's a medieval uh, morality play that just happened to be a senior class play my senior year many years ago called every man which is exa- has exactly that same moral of the story all the characters are allegorical so there's strength and there's beauty and there's fame and there's good works and there's and along the way this path toward toward death um all of these, as as they find out where this, you know this main character, every man, is going, they start to, well, I'm not interested. You know, so you're going toward de- uh, no, I'm stepping out fame leaves, you know, beauty leaves, strength leaves. The only um, person who can continue on with every man is good works. And that's love. that's, that's these it. are the things charity. Good works are what accompany you into the kingdom, and it was just—I'll never forget that—just because it was so, you know, it was such a moving uh, thing. But it is something to reflect on because that is the only thing that we take with us, uh, and what—and if—and if we don't have a lot of them, maybe we don't, you know, we don't have anything to pay the price of admission. You know, there you no go. good
1: works, you know. So yeah, because that's what James says in two twenty-four: is you know, faith without works is dead. We know as Catholics, and, and it's in our catechism, you can't work your way into heaven. You can't do enough works, good works, to get into heaven. So works without faith is dead. But it's f- I love this. I love this phrase the Lord gave me: that faith is a gift from God that's to be lived in love. That's it. That's our faith. And and I look here also, I love this last line, you know, everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Jesus Christ tells us he's the way, the truth, and the life. So this truth we belong to is Christ. We are his. That's why it's his kingdom. He's the king. And so there is one truth. We can all have our opinions, but there's one truth. That truth is found in the Bible. Sacred Scripture. So anything we hear in the world, you know, what is marriage, what is this, what is that, has to be tested, like the Bereans did, against the one truth. What is God's revelation, his love letter to us in the Sacred Scripture, in the Bible? And it also says something else, which I repeated earlier, that the truth, the foundation and bulwark of truth, is the Church. The full deposit of faith was given to the Holy Catholic Church. That singular church, Holy Mother Church, is where all other Christian denominations, when they trace their lineage back, comes from the same Mother. Holy Mother Church. So, you know, for me, as a Catholic... I am so grateful because I don't have to have an opinion. Is contraception good? Is it an evil? It's an evil because you're choosing to play God behind your bedroom doors. You don't trust God. You know what's right for you. You know, is marriage between a man and a woman or anybody else or anything else that wants to do? Well, God created us male and female in his image. That's why a father leaves a mother and the two become one flesh. And that flesh is open to life, open to life. Two men, two women can't, aren't, and can't physiologically, biologically produce a child, produce life, that union. So it's not a marriage. So all these beautiful truths that the church holds on to, man, I love it. Anytime I have a question, I go back 2,000 years of history and say, Aha! Here it is. And here it is biblically. It's not the Church's opinion. It finds the depths of its roots of truth in sacred Scripture. So what a beautiful freedom! Because if we don't have that, then we have what we have today— This continual denomination, this continual division of the one body of Christ, that where pride is the root that gets in there, I know what's right, you don't, I know what's right, you don't, what do we do, start another church? Stop, stop, stop. You know, we're all called to be instruments in the answer to Christ's prayer in John 17, that we may be one we may be one so that we can fight the common enemy. And I thank the Lord for the teaching of Holy Mother Church that all, all baptized Christians, Trinitarian, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are members of the same body of Christ. We need to put away our differences, unite and lock arms, and fight the one common enemy who wants to take down our children, who wants to destroy our families, who is out with a vengeance against this world, because he knows he is defeated. His time is short, and he's going to try and take as many of us with him as he can. So let's wake up. The battle cry of the enemy is what? Divide and conquer. The prayer of our Lord in John 17 is what? Unity. To whom are we listening?
2: And we and we have a king that, that gives amazing gifts, right? We don't have a king that is hiding himself. Uh, from his people. We have a king that that wants to encounter and be in relationship with his people. And this Sunday, as we celebrate the feast of of Jesus Christ, the king, king of the universe, right? Um, It's a chance to to re-up as belonging to the king. And there's a beautiful practice called enthronement, where you enthrone Jesus as king of your home and your family and everything. And you, you know, just a beautiful prayer service and a blessing and and an image that is hung to show, to remind you and your family and to show the world that it's Jesus's home. He's the king. I'm not the king. Just because I sit at the head of the table, I'm not the king, right? He's the king. And this king that came with so many gifts, he gave us the one most amazing gift, his own sacred heart, alive on the altar So we can receive him every day if we choose. We can endure him every day if we choose. But that heart of Jesus, the King, is there in every Catholic church, in every tabernacle. When you go in and you see that red light, the heart of the King is there, beating, saying, I love you. I love you. I've been waiting for you. Come to me. Lean on me. Tell me everything that's going on. We have a King that died for us but loved us so much that He didn't want to leave us orphaned that He left His body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist that we can receive and consume our King into our hearts. So this Sunday is just is, a great day to, to re-up. If we've enthroned our hearts or enthroned our homes in the past and thrown not our homes but enthroned Jesus in our homes like we would have, but you know, we've been slack on recognizing it and, and and really paying attention at our homes, this week, This Sunday is a great, a great time to to re up our our commitment to Jesus the King and enthrone him in his rightful place in our homes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in our hearts, Rob.
2: And you know, I love
1: it because our separated brothers and sisters in Christ, are they wrong when they say they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? No, that's an invitation to each and every one of us, the Catholics, as Catholics, to wake up. But it's not just about a personal relationship, it's about an ever-deepening intimate relationship with the Father as his son or daughter, with the Son as our brother, and inviting Jesus to live in us, with us, and through us so that we can perfectly reflect into the world, and a deep, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, our advocate, our counselor. So personal relationship, do they ask you the question, do you have one? If you don't, you need to wake up, but it's not just personal It's an ever deepening intimacy with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And nothing, nothing is more intimate than that communion, that common union we receive when we do receive body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in that one flesh union of the Eucharist. It is precious, it is beautiful. It will change your life. Get clean, get holy, get ready, and get excited for our great adventure as you wake up spiritually, not just personal, ever-deepening, intimate relationship in and through your Catholic faith. And then put a loving on your brothers and sisters, lock arms with them, let's fight the same common enemy. The invitation is yours, the opportunity is now, the objective is clear, the salvation of souls. God bless each and every one of you. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart
0: has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.